Well, hello and welcome to Love and Your Garden Live, uh, or if you're listening on our podcast, Better Gardening Podcast. I'm Rod Whiting, group founder, and I'm joined as ever by our resident horticulturist, John Sterling. <laughs> hello, folks. <laughs> that was my feeble attempt at raucous applause. So the theme of this week's discussion is uh, prepping up the garden in that late summer slump. You know, after your lovely summer flowers have gone over, sometimes the garden can look a little bereft. But before we get going, let me first say a big thank you to our sponsors, Fitzgerald Lane Decorators, uh, for a free quote and any advice on a project you may have on the go or would like to get on with, go to their Facebook group, Fitzgerald Lane Decorators. That's L-A-I-N-G. So, John, um, look, you're, you're a horticulturist professional. Uh, there's never going to be a dull spot in your garden. You've planned it to perfection. There's going to be something flowering all through the year. Well, I do try to uh, have at least sort of – I do like to think about having six plants with some interest all the year round, I really do. I mean, in summer, it's easy, isn't it? But later on, it can get a bit. And as you say, Rod, it's just like us, you know, at the end of the day, you get a bit tired. <laughs> and uh, as the garden goes into autumn, which is only two weeks away, um, you know, it can go, it can start to look a little bit tired because things have been growing. And, you know, it's, it, well, and uh, depending on, of course, how much fertilizer you perhaps given things and it's always nice anyway to to, to keep the flowering going because you know what it's like we come to spring and we get out to the garden center and we end up buying this buying that buying the other and a lot of gardens are very springy not not because the lawn's got a lot of moss in it but it's a lot of spring flowers we're always encouraged out to do to the to do that so it's nice to look at the other end of the year as well and um my rude beckias for instance are looking absolutely fantastic at the back of the pond at the moment and it is a great plant to take us right the way through to the end of autumn and there's what there's one or two plants that you know you walk down the garden oh it's look there there's, um, I mentioned to you the other day, one called Shiza stylus, yeah. which is now called Hesperantha. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's, um, it's a, a, a little rhizome and it's ready to, you can just start to see the flowers coming up. And um, it's, it's quite interesting, Rod. It might be worth just mentioning that Britain hasn't got a lot of native plants. All these plants that we've got have been brought from all over the world. If you look at our native garden, there isn't a lot in it. You know, you've got yews and things like that, six native trees, something like that. And uh, there's very little, few wildflowers and things like that. Most of our garden plants have come from other parts of the world. And it, it is always worth remembering that, you know, you know, we've got our bulbs, for instance, that, you know, flower in the spring. But don't forget in the southern hemisphere, those same bulbs say are not flowering in in March, April. They're flowering September, October. It's day length. One of the most important things with any plants is day length. Temperature, yes, has a lot to do with it. The ground has a lot to do with it, What uh, whether your soil's acid or alkaline. But day length is one of the biggest things. And, and of course, my Hesperantha is reacting to day length, and that's why it's now putting on its flowers, ready to flower 
um, October, November time. Same as the um, the the American chrysanthemums that you get, those magnificent things in pots you can go and buy. And we also, commercially, we also manipulate plants. Um, when I went to college, we got an all-year-round chrysanthemum uh, growing regime at the college, and they put lights over at certain times, dark um, put shading over at other times, so that during the year they got different light times and we could pick chrysanthemums and which went to Covent Garden um, all the year round. We're just playing nature at its own game, that's all. We're not going to beat nature, we're playing it at its own game. There's one plant I'd love to mention to people and that's a Clematis redeeriana. Re, R-E-H, D-E-R-I-A-N-A. It's the, the cowslip clematis it's fragrant and it is you've got a few flowers on now but it's going to flower right the way through to the frost it's um it's one of the herbaceous clematis so every year goes cuts back to the ground but it will grow eight or nine meters early on in the year and then it is absolutely magnificent it says full sun and where I've, I've planted mine at the base of an apple tree, but I keep my apples pruned, you know, so there's a lot of sun getting through there. And I put it in and already, well, it's only a few weeks, Rod, but it was, um, it's grown about a foot already. So um, it, I'm not growing it for this year. The wonderful thing about this year, it's going to get established as a plant in the garden. Then I'll cut it back. And next spring, hopefully it's going to... Um, it's going to grow like and flower beautifully all up this apple tree. And some of the clematis are fantastic like that. They really are. The tanguticas, the yellow one, this is the, the cowslip one is primrose. It's primrose uh, yellow. It's yeah. a beautiful yellow. It's not an acid yellow, but it's a cracker. And, yeah. and the bees love it. Yes. Um, well, you mentioned the uh, herbaceous clematis there, and, and I was going to mention, I mean, I, you you know, well, you know, John, that I, I've created a, a herbaceous bed uh, from the old pond, what used to be the old pond. And in fact, it's the cover photo, if you're wondering what we're talking about. And there are some absolutely cracking f plants there now mm. that are in flower now, like monada. Um, yes. Which looks stunning. Uh, and um, uh, heleniums which also uh, are profusely flowering all over the... And they, they do grow into quite a, a bush, don't they? The, yes, the absolutely. It's a stunning colour. Uh, and they just keep coming back right the way through the summer. So yeah. herbaceous perennials are fantastic for giving you that sort of flow of colour through through the year. They are, Rod. And this year, with the rain, and it's been quite damp, you haven't got the mildew, which is often a problem on monadas. Um, I hope it's not a, a dry summer next year. You might get a bit of mildew. But the asters as well, later, yep. later on. The, I mean, the asters are a real September, October yeah. plant. Um, going to be fantastic. Asters are Michaelmas daisies. Yeah. Because they haven't they haven't got the mildew on them this year. I've got a gura this this summer. Yeah, Every year it had great. mildew on it. It's had no. mildew this year. It's totally clear. It looks fantastic, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, mind us, Yeah. Fantastic. Yes, and and as you mentioned, what what did you just mention? Anemones. 
an enemy, yes, yeah. Um, fantastic at the moment. Um, if you've got a bit of room, they're spreading, but we always remember that there's one called Frilly Knickers from Hardy's. And, I lost um, mine. <laughs> pardon? I lost mine. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, no, mine's flowering at the moment in yeah, one of the borders. It's um, it's looking fantastic, and it doesn't spread. Yeah. It's it's uh, produced by Rosie Hardy, yeah. and it, that one doesn't spread at all. Yeah, don't tell Rosie. I lost it. I don't know what it did. Uh, well, it's in, <laughs> it's in a very shady part of the garden, and in fact, my gore, I'm just looking at it now, really profuse, lovely pink. Yeah, it's yeah. they're su- they really are super. Yes, mm-hmm. and looking at the bulbs as well, Rod. Um, there's some cracking bulbs. The Shiza stylists I've mentioned. That's a rhizome. Um, well, Esperanto. We'll call, we better call it Esperanto now because they've they've ch- they're always changing the name. Some people know it as the Kaffa Lily. Um, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, either red or pink. Yeah. Um, looking looking um it should be looking fantastic later on and the another one i think you grow rod and that's sedums yes uh yeah hylotelephiums as they want to call them now well, god knows why oh, pardon hylotelephiums well hyla- right? it sounds like hylosalacea that does <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah sedums uh i've got a few actually and they're looking great Really are yeah. looking great already. So, yes, yeah. everybody can knows the spectabile and the one, the little ones that run along the um, the um, rockery and places like that, which is fun. But there are some stunning sedums now. Again, they just sit there over the summer. You don't really notice them, but now they they're starting to come into their own, and they will do right the way through. And the and w- one thing I remember is whenever I've seen a photograph of a sedum it's always had a butterfly on it <laughs> that's david stevens hello david uh, bet rosie's listening <laughs> actually um i'm going to get rosie on very soon in fact i'll see if she'll come on in a couple of weeks to talk about autumn and some of the herbaceous uh, perennials yes. that you can yes. get from rosie that will that will go through autumn and uh, and really give you that, that the sort of thing that we're talking about. So um, yeah, we'll get Rosie on in a couple of weeks if I can. Yeah, I know I know Rosie's done a um, a video on um, Rudbeckias, so that yeah. might be interesting as well. Mm. Yeah, so great. Yeah, wonderful lady. <laughs> always tell always tells us the new names of everything. Yeah, oh, it's just unbelievable that, yeah. and she can remember them all. I, I can't. Know. She's amazing. I've even um, got that. I'm calling them Sedum Rod. Yeah, no, it. well, I just, I just <laughs> God, it's so much easier. Uh, this is for you, John. I've got a scented jasmine and white solanum. I want to cover two s- sides of two meter fence. Would these have a fast growing rate? My blue solanum certainly grows fast. Yeah, they do, don't they? Yeah, they, yes, they certainly do. And they go a bit, um, it's best if you can always find a shoot to cut back a little bit to the base because they tend to get rather, they tend to get rather top. Yeah. um top heavy yeah. um but but they should do yes but if it's in the sun i'd go for i'd go for the old red clematis redereana so long as it's going to get some sun that's one of the most important things it needs to get some sun that ben has got david he might give you a few a couple of ideas as well while i'm yeah thinking. david do chip in if, um, <laughs> if there's some other we we're talking about putting a bit of interesting cut david saying well you should have planned your gun and made sure you had some <laughs> the way through the year oh yeah like he goes on holiday and fills the boot with <laughs> with plants yes we know yeah don't forget the little i've got some flowering under the trees now rod cyclamen, cyclamen the little too. heterifolium 
Oh. Uh, looking fantastic at the moment, and I've noticed that the leaves of cyclamen and coom, which will flower right the way through winter, they're just moving now, just coming along. Obviously, with the rain we've had, you've got to keep going through with the weeds. Um, it's been it's been one of them years, but I'd rather go. I'd rather be getting you know few weeds out than um, than having really really dry soil. But the Heterifoliums are looking fantastic at the moment. There's some gorgeous leaves as well. Um, a lot of people, yeah, they love the flowers, but there's some cracking leaf shapes and leaf colours as well. So yes. um, look look for those as well. And the, and one bulb that you can stick at the bottom of a south facing wall and it can get baked to death is the nearine, nearine yeah. badenii looks absolutely fantastic and it's best if it's just at ground level because the bulb actually does like to be really warm and baked so um we get i must admit there's some fantastic nearine bedenii around us in the in our poor soil in in the gardens around where i live i don't think people put them in expecting them to grow like that they've just Pick, they've just found the perfect spot, probably without knowing. <laughs> you mentioned shrubs there, yeah, because we, we, we talked about flowers. But uh, Nandinas, I, I absolutely love Nandina because it is it's absolutely yes. bomb-proof, and it gives you this fabulous blaze of red foliage all year. Yes, it, it, yes, Nandina is a fantastic plant, a bit like a spindly. Mahonia, in a way, yeah, and, but not as spiky. No, not as spiky, and has lovely berries on. Um, yes, it's a cracking shrub. <laughs> the thing is, again, Rod, you, you, there's one or two good shrubs that people don't tend to put in as well, particularly, and that's that's the other thing for autumn colour. We're going to get lots of autumn colour from some of the plants. Have you? Did you say you'd got a? Um, Euonymus in your garden, Alata, yeah, burning bush. It, it, Looking at Alata. it right now, and it's red. It's red already. Is it? Oh, it is. Is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The thing is, I don't know whether you're on acid soil as well. No. You get much better colour on acid soils, particularly the reds. Now. Just looking at it, all those colours that you get on these wonderful autumn leaves—they are in within the leaf already. They are actually within the leaf during the summer but they're masked by chlorophyll. You know that green chlorophyll that we get in leaves that keeps them lovely and green? Well, as we get to autumn and the, um, and the sunlight starts to uh, go down, the chlorophyll starts to lose its power, it's not replaced, and then we start to get these lovely autumn colours. Yeah. And on acid soils, anthocyanins, it is, they're pigments, uh, and they're they're masked by the chlorophyll. Once the chlorophyll uh, slows down, we start to get, they become dominant, and that's why we get these wonderful autumn colours. And you'll always, on a poor soil, on an acid soil, you'll always get fantastic, you know, better colours. Can you encourage that by putting some uh, ericaceous um, compost over the top you, or feed, you, ericaceous feed? You can in, you can encourage it. I mean, a, pl a plant always does better in it, a natural acid soil, but I do. I've got, um, and I know David's just bought one, um, hydrangea quirkifolia, 
Quercifolia, my soil's alkaline, but it likes acid soil. So what I've done, I've put sulfur chips, put I, I spread sulfur chips around and I've hoed them in, and that releases sulfur over a couple of years. Very slowly, it releases sulfur, and it's keeping my quercifolia looking absolutely fantastic, magnificent, big white panicles of they're absolutely stunning at the moment and and hydrangea aspera as well likes an acid soil and i've also put them around that as well so you should go it takes us back to what you were saying earlier about cheating a little bit uh, yeah yeah exactly yeah Yeah. just cheating and sulfur chips um, vitax do them and you can that will just help Perhaps if you want to really a plant that likes that slightly acid soil, but you haven't got slightly acid soil, yes, we're not going to put peat there anymore. But don't forget that leaf mold, you know, rotted leaves are slightly acid normally, and if you can put that on those those roots, will get into that as well. And um, sulfur chips finish the job off. We're talking about pepping up your garden. Uh, in late summer, ready for the autumn, and you know perhaps things have just died off a bit. Uh, you've a lot of your good plants have gone over, or your lots of, your flowers have gone over, and now you just want a little bit of colour back in your garden. So, we're, uh, if you've got a pen and paper, we're going through a few suggestions. Uh, yeah, we, we've, we've. I mean, we've got um, we've got berries and things like that coming now, haven't we? You know, yes. honeyasters and all those yes. sort of things are producing the berries. Yeah. I've got a um, Malus red sentinel. Yep. loads and loads of little apples on Stunning. the green at the Colour. moment but just turning and uh, last year the birds left them alone so i'm hoping that they they do that again so at least to get a bit of a display before the cold weather comes and they take them yeah. i don't mind at all yeah. but this talking talking of shrubs rod there's some cracking shrubs like the aces for instance mm. you know a lot of the aces change color yeah. you know yeah, well, while you're mentioning that, I'll, I'll also chip in with trees. Uh, like I'm, I'm looking out at my sorbus autumn spire and the, yes. uh, sorbus hoopahensis. Uh, with the berries already um, luscious yeah. on those. They haven't changed colour yet, but they will do in, in good time. Uh, the the hoopahensis gives us red berries and the sorbus gives us yellow. Uh, sorry, the um, autumn spire gives us orange berries. Yes. Uh, it's just... The birds absolutely love them. Yeah, and there's also Hooperhensis pink pagoda. Yeah, um, that's one that um, when when Jeff Hamilton died, they did a memorial garden for him, and I I uh, gave one of those. And uh, Nick always tells me that it's looking looking great. Um, that's a pink pagoda, and also Amelanchia lamarckii, um, yeah. another great one for um, autumn color as well. Have you got yeah. one? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, that's my, the tree I put out. The, the I think you're producing the, the old pond. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yes, I think you're producing an autumn garden. <laughs> well, I, I did have an autumn garden in mind with a lot of the stuff that I got, but I also wanted a load of colour through the summer as well. Um, I think you get to that stage, don't you? Where you where, where, the, the problem is, is when you're starting off, 
you're going out and you're going to the garden center and you're buying what's there in the garden center and and you get it back and you tend to go more in the spring because you think you're very excited yes. about the new gardening year so you end up with loads of spring plants yes exactly and then, and then uh things start to thin out <laughs> for the rest of the year and, and eventually you you realize ah oh, i've got to plan this a bit better yeah yeah i've i've actually um i've got a uh, another clematis uh clematis serosa wisley cream um that will should start flowering i've only put it in this year it's grown it's gone mad already that should start flowering in um november time and will flower right the way through winter so long as you know winter's not too sharp um nice and sheltered and um yes so there's no problem with having clematis in flower now right the way through the year yeah no problem at all there's, so there's the, one for everywhere another is, a plant sorry no, i was just going to say this is uh, tina ryan my pyracantha is covered in yellow bellies uh yellow bellies yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in lincolnshire <laughs> forgive me yes yellow bellies <laughs> yellow berries already <laughs> and uh this one from uh tina ryan i think no wendy snelling um the amalantia lamarcia you, you mentioned there she says um, yes. we've got a blackbird that came every day and pulled the berries off yeah did the same to mine yeah uh, they were just <laughs> loving those berries yeah it's, it's wonderful yeah you, you, i know people say why don't they leave them well if you left them another blackbird had come along <laughs> and pinched them so it's a matter of just yes it's um first come first serve Circus. That's another yep. fabulous yep. tree yep. that gives a good autumn colour. And um, a, one called Father Gillia. Now, that does like an acid soil. It really is better in an acid soil. And um, we've got a place here, Barsham, Barsham Hall, and they've got an absolutely stunning um, Father Gillia. Um, earlier on, it had got a bit of colour. It's a Gertrude Jekyll planned garden that one is but um a stunning plant as well and of course if you see a virginia creeper growing up a wall very often before the leaves drop on a, a virginia creeper or the boston ivy which is even better normally the wall is absolutely covered in red orange yellow absolutely fantastic and then the leaves drop and um, you got all these um, little shoots creeping all over the over the wall. So, so many different plants there are there that are fabulous for um, for the garden. They really are. Yeah, I think we've covered trees, we've covered shrubs, we've covered uh, flowers, um, herbaceous perennials. I think we've we've covered most. I know what David means about planning. Yeah, yeah. you can go and there's no nothing wrong with getting a, a you know a few. Uh, different plants um to pop in here and there but plan that general garden so that you've always got something going rather yeah. than um you know like we say going in in spring and getting everything excellent okay well i will speak to <coughs> rosie hardy and see if we can get her on in a couple of weeks time one not to miss well john uh, have a great gardening week can i just very quickly say a thank you to our sponsors fitzgerald lane decorators and if you'd like a free quote and advice on any painting project decorating project just go to their facebook group fitzgerald lane decorators that's l-a-i-n-g we're very grateful for this Thank you, and uh, see you next time. Okay then, folks. Bye.